Hello and welcome to Chairside Live. I'm your host, Megan Strong. Thanks for joining us today. In this episode, we're talking about the reinvention of the PFM. It's obsidian pressed to metal and it has the potential to be a game changer for your practice. In this presentation, Dr. Chi is at CDA Anaheim discussing the unique characteristics of this revolutionary lithium silicate ceramic material and laser-centered copings. And he's showing us how it outperforms traditional PFMs. So let's check it out. Good afternoon. How's everyone doing? Good. You look comfortable. We've got something really exciting to share with you today. We've got PFM, and you're probably thinking, why are we here listening about such an old material, an old restoration, an old technique? And that is, in fact, the case. PFMs have been around for a very long time, for several decades. It came into inception in the 60s, and certainly to fill a void in dentistry, to create something that was aesthetic, to get away from metallic restorations. Obviously, as dentists, we like to hear about gold and use gold restorations, but certainly you can't use that everywhere. And that's part of the reason why there's been such a recent surge in all ceramic restorations recently with zirconia and glass ceramics. But here at Glidewell, we are always innovating, and we identify problems, and we look at PFMs, and we know that there are several clinicians that still enjoy using PFMs and because it has such a proven track record for so many years. But there is a fact with PFMs, they have issues primarily with the way that they're being fabricated. And as a technician too, I've made several PFMs and I'm aware of some of those issues in the workflow. There's number one, several steps involved with it from the time you pour the impression and create that metal substructure all the way to adding the layered porcelain on top and to have all of those components fit together to create a reliable and long-term restoration for your patients is extremely challenging. So what we've done is taken a look at some of those issues that in fact are some of the cases with PFMs, especially we're gonna start off with the substructure. So with PFMs, porcelain fused to metal restorations, the metal, the metal coping certainly has issues because with any restoration in dentistry, you want to try to restore it similar to a, to, to a natural contour like the natural tooth. But that transition between the tooth and the restoration often with PFMs has an over-contoured area. Certainly if the dentist doesn't reduce enough, that's an issue. But because whenever we use a lost wax technique, we have to have a certain thickness with the wax up for the coping in order for it to cast properly. So that's why a lot of the times with PFMs, with the traditional fabrication, you end up with a lot thicker coping than you might really want. And then you add your opaque layer and then your added feldspathic porcelain on top, you end up with a big step. And what I've seen with a lot of restorations, the ones that I've replaced or serviced, you see a lot of gingival inflammation because patients have a very challenging time keeping that transition clean. So that's a big issue with the way the copings are fabricated. And then I've also seen several issues with the ceramic that's on top. The very part of the restoration that provides the aesthetic areas, that's actually the weaker link for these restorations. 
So the feldspathic porcelain, the ones that you mix with liquid and it's a powdery stain and you have to fire it, that porcelain that's used on top is typically very weak. It's about 80 to 100 megapascals of flexural strength. So PFMs get its strength, its full strength from the metal substructure, but the combination of the two have to work together. But because of the weaker porcelain, when they fail, it's always the porcelain that fails. The metal never really has any issues with it other than it being, in some cases, too thick. So with the weaker porcelain, you often see chipping, you often see the ceramic shearing off, and certainly that's an issue. And I've had several patients actually come to me that have PFMs and they said, the porcelain actually chipped off when the dentist delivered it. Is that normal? Certainly it's not. That's not what we want to hear as clinicians. We want to be able to have a long-term restoration for our patients. And certainly with this case here on the upper left, not the best aesthetics. That's also one of the issues to the porcelain. If it's not applied properly, or if there's not enough room for it, you end up getting very opaque looking restorations. And certainly you can see that issue with the transition between the tooth and the restoration, how poor that fit is. And then what ends up happening is gingival recession. That's just a natural process if restorations are not fabricated ideally to the tooth. So we've identified these issues and we sought out to find ways to improve upon the manufacturing process. So this is just a little preview of what we do starting off with the metal substructure. So we use these concept laser centering machines and it actually has a vat of powdered metal. We have non-precious, semi-precious, and precious alloys that we can use to use an additive process and it basically welds together these powders of, of metal into these substructures. And because we're using an additive technique instead of the lost wax technique, we're not casting anything anymore, we can create metal substructures extremely thin in areas that are under contoured or under reduced. And that in turn helps to create a very, very smooth seal and transition from the preparation to that PFM restoration. So this is an extremely unique process. We can do this for single units, multiple units, all of our bridge restorations. And what we found is by creating the substructures using this method, you, have, you don't have to solder as much because sometimes during that casting process, the, the metal substructure doesn't fit properly. So there's less cutting and less working of that substructure because we certainly want that to be as strong as possible for our porcelain to go on top. So that's what we started off with for the substructure. So you can see some cross sections of traditional PFMs. Again, keeping in mind that that metal substructure has to be a certain thickness for it to cast properly if you are using the lost wax technique. And again, that transition is less than ideal. And you can see here, this is just the metal substructure. Certainly if the technicians go through the process that they should and finish that down, but it's a certainly a, a challenging process to have to go back and finish that after it's casted. So what you end up with is a very thick margin for those restorations. For the ceramic that's used on top, our R&D department has developed a lithium silicate glass. So traditional PFMs typically use 
a feldspathic portion that's layered on top. We've already talked about some of those issues with it being weaker. Our lithium silicate, it's called obsidian, and this material is 385 megapascals of flexural strength. And this was manufactured and engineered to have a coefficient of thermal expansion that matches that of the metal. So that's extremely important whenever you're using bilayered materials. We have two different types of materials that go through a heating process. So we press the metal on top. So the metal is heated, or I'm sorry, the ceramic is heated to a liquid form and it's pressed into a mold where the restoration is, was created. And that fuses to that metal substructure. And so the combination of the two, you have a very strong core in that metal-centered coping, and then you have that extremely strong ceramic that's pressed on top. So you, what we end up with is something that's four times stronger than traditional ceramic that's layered onto PFMs. And when we look at the, when we look at the flexural strength, again, it's 385, almost 400 megapascals of flexural strength, much, much greater than typical feldspathic and the chipping resistance is a lot higher as well. So what we end up with is a restoration that's not only extremely strong, it fits really well to the patient's tooth. And of course, being able to form a great barrier from any openings in bacteria. But really the key difference is being able to create that very smooth transition. And ultimately we have transitions that are similar to monolithic restorations, like a monolithic zirconia or ceramic, that's really the most important aspect in restorative dentistry, creating a smooth transition, a margin that's undetectable whenever we check it. And so that's what we found with our re-engineered PFMs. And when we take a look at it, we're able to mill down to a thickness of only 20 microns using that additive laser-centered process. And those restorations that we've replaced that you saw earlier, here on the left we had those two PFMs that were failing, and we redid that with obsidian restorations. So not only can we get something that's much, much stronger, it's also extremely aesthetic as well. You can see here with multiple unit, in this case a three unit bridge here on the lower, you get great aesthetics. And some people may wonder, okay, you, you're now using a stronger ceramic on top of your copings. How does that affect the opposing dentition? We have to consider how it wears with the opposing dentition. We now know in dentistry that the rate of wear caused by restoration has nothing to do with the strength of the material or how hard it is. It's all about the surface roughness. And feldspathic porcelains, the porcelain that's used on PFMs typically, is extremely rough. It has a lot of porosities in it, and the porosities is what actually causes the wear. So because the lithium silicate glass, when it's heated, it's melted and pressed into place, it's an extremely smooth surface, porosity-free, and you have something that's extremely gentle, and it wears very similarly to enamel. So the obsidian can be used for anterior, posterior, single units or multiple unit cases for bridges. Other indications would be if you prescribe something like a zirconia or Bruxer bridge and the connector height, if you're doing a posterior bridge, the connector height can't be high enough to accommodate for what we call the rule of 27, then that's a great opportunity to use the PFM as a bridge option.
and certainly to cover and mask out dark preparations as well. We thank you for your time. If anyone has questions, we'll be around to answer those for you. Thank you. Thanks, Dr. Chi. And to learn more about Obsidian Presta Metal, visit our website at www.glidewelldental.com. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of Chairside Live. On behalf of everyone here at Glidewell Laboratories, thank you for watching, and I'll meet you right back here next time.